Gaming NBS episode 255, being recorded Monday, August 11th, 2019. <laughs> I got it right. Welcome to Gaming NBS. I was wrong. It's August 12th, Monday. <laughs> oh fuck! It is August twelfth. Yeah, look at that shit. A day August that that 12th. goes a day that goes down in infamy. Yes. Two years ago. Oh god. Yeah. Well, August sucks. Okay. For disclaimer, for people that were born in August that are friends of mine, talking or, to you, or, or even aren't friends of ours, we, we're not, we, a, we don't mean right. to disperse yes. anybody. It's just Sean has had a bad August. Augusts do not treat my me and my wife well. But so if you are born in August, then you are a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Shedding some light in Sean's horrible August world. <sighs> Jesus Christ. It's like the last gasp of summer just trying to crush Sean in some way. Wow. Yeah. Good times. So yeah, this is two years ago, motorcycle accident. So, so that's yeah. what we're referencing for those yes. who weren't th- or weren't around at that point. There was a motorcycle accident that my wife and I had that mm. was many, 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 many years ago. That was, I think she says it was in August. I thought it was July, but no, she's right. I think it was August 4th. So yes, we uh, do not have good Augusts. No, you do not. And then I got shot at yesterday. Yeah, you did. You and La- your wife while last, walking your dogs. Last night I got shot at, motherfucker. <laughs> it was it, and it had nothing to do with the show, as I far as we know. As I far as we know, it had nothing to do with the cranky listener. Yeah, that's true. I don't like swearing too much on this. I don't like dropping the motherfucker much, but you when somebody fucking, shoots at you, you're, you're, you can get pretty pissed off. You're gonna drive by shooting like yards from you and your wife. Fuck, dude. Yeah, about 30, 40 feet tops. That's yeah. yeah. They were going after somebody else. I just happened to be over uh, to the side of them. As I was walking my dog with my wife. And so I decided to realize that it was gunfire and tackled my wife, put her on the ground and my dogs. Smart. My smart. My dog, my bigger dog got away, um, but he, he ran home um, and waited for us there, which was literally down the sidewalk. My little dog's like, fuck that. I know that's safe. (laughs) He just boogies. Yeah. I mean, they got scared as shit. I mean, they get afraid of loud noises and. Car backfires and yeah, but repeated fireworks. repeated um, handgun fire or whatever it was, not good. Yeah, eighteen shells. Eighteen mm. shells is uh, our official count. I'm um, is my understanding. Good Lord. Well, yeah. So, uh, but you yeah. are okay, and Tam is okay. Everybody's okay. There were no fatalities. There was nobody injured um, at all. Uh, yeah, luckily, even the victim, even the target. You know, unscathed, unscathed, uh, for the people that piled out of the car running for their lives, unscathed, this is my, unless they showed up at the hospital later. Yeah. But <laughs> so I, I laughed, dude, because I don't, I don't know what else to do. Wow. I was, ta- I was that's, talking to Brett earlier. Seriously fucked up. I was talking to Brett earlier, uh, cause it's the first time we've spoke since this happened. We exchanged a couple of messages, but you know, it's, it's one of those situations where. We, we, you have to almost live in a sense of denial. Like you just have to go through life. Like nothing's going to happen. It always happens to everybody else. Right. I can go get a donut and a coffee at the store. I won't be shot doing that. It's not a, it's not going to get robbed. Right. You know, I drive down the street. 
I'm not going to get it, somebody to smash into me. Correct. Right? It's not going to be a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm okay. We're going to be fine. And then when this shit happens to you, you're like, what, you know, what do you do to deserve, deserve this? Right? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's an accident where somebody's just driving, not paying attention, fall asleep, whatever. Maybe it's somebody that has a uh, an illness, you know, they have a seizure. Yeah. And they they run into something. Of course, it's not their fault when that happens. Next Sometimes, thing you know, you're in a pileup, right? And accidents yeah. happen. Yeah. Or, you know, and then, so then bad things occur. To good Bad things happen to good people, which is really tragic all over. But I don't want to bring you all down. Everything's hap- Everything's fine. Everything's just fucking fine. Sean's a little, a little angry about it, which I, uh, you're taking this better than I would. The reason I'm so pissed off, other than afraid and fearful and all that, is because one, I don't like living in fear. And two, there's this one individual that lives in my complex where this is the second time this has occurred and he happens to be around. So coincidence? I don't know. I hang around a lot of people. Some have probably good and bad pasts and experiences. I don't get people to come shooting at me. Yeah, you and I have hung out plenty. No one's tried to kill us. It's per- weird. You know, on Just purpose. Strange. Right. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. They may be really horrible at it, and that's I'm, how come we haven't found them yet. Yeah, they're tripping everywhere whenever they're yes. sneaking up behind us with an axe. I don't know. But Man. So anyways, life goes on. Podcast goes on. We have gaming. Um, bad um, things happen to player characters, not players. No, they're not supposed that's to be. That's why we play. That's why we play. Exactly. Let's have all the bad shit happen to our player characters. Yeah, so I can walk away unscathed. Right. So I'll I rip can this just, piece of paper up. That's fine. Hey, my character died. Like, hey, just remember this. When your character dies and it gets ripped up, just, hey, it could have been you, but no, you it's your player character. You didn't get shot at today. You didn't get I shot hope. at. You didn't get stabbed. You didn't, nobody punched you in the face. Yes. Nobody mugged you. Ah, man. <laughs> fucking. I, I came into this one. Shit. I came into this episode thinking, hey, I had this cool, really cool long weekend with my youngest son. Yeah, played, so let's talk some. about that. Well, how was your weekend, bro? How was it? It was great. It was awesome. I took yeah, AJ up good. north. We uh, had to do some uh, property work on our, our land up there. Clearing get, of the brush. Yeah, get some deer blinds built. That was fun hanging out. Um, AJ wanted to target practice with a 22, so we have plenty of property in place to do that nice and safely and shoot anybody um did that i got to do some archery practice and ag likes playing the duke so i always bring the duke when he and i are up there and i beat him he beat me and um then we we were like all right 50 50 put that one aside good game they both lasted a really long time the next day we pulled out uh, the old games workshop uh, dungeon quest dungeon quest that one has a timer on it. Every round, you go from sunup to sundown. If you're in the dungeon at sundown, you're dead. So you got to go uh. in, get as much money as you can, and get back out before the clock runs out. Yeah, we never made it out. <laughs> I get into the Dragon's Lair, get a bunch of money, get halfway out, get stuck, and die. And then we're like, all right, second game, let's go. And because it's an old school board game, second game, I started, you're in this little tower in the corner of the, of the castle where you go into the dungeon. My tower, each tower is two exits. First exit, clunk, runs me into a wall, no secret doors. All right, next exit, runs me into a wall, no secret doors. I'm fucking dead. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck. <laughs> Third game, yeah, I got I got halfway in, trapped, died. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it was fun, though. We had, a, we had a good time. If you read the beginning of it, it tells you up front that they, I think it's something along the lines of, we've done the math, you only have a 15% chance of making it. Wow. 
<laughs> so the game is, it's fun, it's crazy, and uh, yeah, good luck, kids. <laughs> type of thing. I think there's a better strategy for it. AJ and I just like to play to see what we can get away with. But there's probably a decent strategy to actually win the game. And I do, if I remember correctly, I think Fantasy Flight or somebody along those lines where they've redone Talisman. I believe this has also been redone fairly recently. So I might pick that one up, but I, I love this game. It's fun. That sounds like a good, old-fashioned good time. It was. Good gaming, good fun. That's great. It was awesome. Perfect. Did you get any gaming in this last weekend? Oh, God. I did. I what feel bad. I feel bad. What'd you run? You ran or played? I ran, I ran Tomb of Annihilation online, roll 20, had Jeff show up for the first session that he showed up for, been able to make. Uh-huh. Um, and then Wayne Chang, uh, Palladian. Oh, awesome. Yeah, from Manifest Zone. I love Wayne. He's a good dude. Yeah, amongst you know author credits on some, some Eberron stuff, like Curtain Call. Um, amongst other things, showed up. Yeah, it was uh good until like Sean started getting into the roll twenty piece, and like, hey, everybody's like, I can't see my token. Moving different levels, giving permission to different tokens, something's a muck. Found out, but it was took like forty minutes. Oh. It Man. was just, yeah, I just killed it. I feel so bad for Josh. He shows up every every time we play, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, dudes. I just just a clusterfuck. It's just what happens when you start dicking with maps and tokens and blah blah blah. And I don't use it every day. Oh, I just felt like shit. I still feel like shit. I'm like, God damn it! I got to get this shit together so these guys have a good time. So everybody else listening to this would be like. Hey, we got two openings. Um, <laughs> thanks for no thanks, Sean. You know, like, well, everyone else is just waiting for the rest of the crew to knock the <sighs> knock the sawdust out of this one. God, you know, we've talked about this before with online gaming, and this might be worth coming back to, like, how much prep slash, you know, test run work do you have to do? I don't know. I just, I yeah, I, I think if I was really a roll twenty aficionado. Of course, none of this would be a problem, but you know, when you run once a month or twice a month and you don't even use half the stuff that they have, Anyways, it can be very frustrating. God, I'm just a Debbie Downer, man. This sucks. I hate like this crap. Well, I'll tell you what, let's talk about something cool. Did you buy your Gamehole Con badge? Have you bought your badge? Oh, I bought my badge like a while ago. I just did while we were preambling before the oh, show. I'm like, oh, hey. shit, I got to buy my badge. Brett. So, ran out, bought badge. Oh, congratulations, Brett. So, Gamehole Con apparently had a bit of a snafu. No. Uh, yes, where people had... Basically, events got overbooked. What? Yes. Uh, Jen Brinkman tried to get in one of my games, got overbooked, and then credited back, and... Bit of a problem there. Bit of a well, technical snafu. I was. I, understand. I am curious as to how they how they do the wish lists. Yeah, I don't know. And I had a small conversation with Jen and somebody else, and I'm like, you know, it sounds like you know a code problem, or it may be holy crap, so many people it didn't scale right. I don't know. I'm absolutely freaking guessing with that. But uh, yeah, that kind of that sucks. That I thought it happens. Those technical glitches. You and I bitched about, you know, Gary Khan in the past. Ah, oh, they fucked this up. Ah, oh, they fucked that up. And it's frustrating as shit. Sure. When that stuff happens. So I feel bad for people who had that problem. 
Yeah, and I I thought it went off without a hitch. It's unfortunate to hear that stuff. People still say it's a great run con, and there's you know it's it stuff like that'll happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's <laughs> it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like ah, eh, that doesn't happen to me, and oh, that sucks. It happened to you, but ah, I was good. I got my events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it yeah. happens to you, and you're like. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. This freaking sucks. I'm, you know, pissed off. And yeah. Yeah. Well, shit. It's unfortunate. Yeah. The cool thing, though, that I look at this, and we talked about this a little bit last time, where I'm, I'm becoming a little more forgiving, and not just because it's Game of Con, our, our second most beloved of all cons. No, I'm kidding. You know, we love it. We love the con. But even Gary Con, I can see them trying to make improvements. At the end of the day, these conventions do not make shit. Metric shit tons of money. No. This is not the Game of Crew's full-time job. It's not the Gary Con crew's full-time job. Yeah. Gen Con, Origins, Gen Con, Gen Con different, different world. Right. We're talking tens and tens of thousands. 60, right. 70,000 people, different planet. Right? Yes. Right. Evercon, every once in a while, someone say, oh, this quite didn't work perfectly. I'm like, ah, fuck. Make a note. Try to fix that next year. It's tough. It really is hard. And most of the folks like myself who are running a gaming con, you're doing it to the best of your ability, giving given very limited resources. And people say, oh, Game Con or Gary Con, oh, they make all this money. After they pay the bills and cover the guests and do all the things, it's not fucking cheap, people. It is not not cheap. Anyhow, as long as I see improvements and not like, eh, that sucked. Well, try it again. Oh, it still sucks the same way it always has. That's the frustrating part. Yeah. So let's just, I'm positive. The game old team, Alex and the whole crew, and Josh and, and, and Royce and that guy and those guys—they're gonna—they're gonna find the problem. They're gonna fix it, and next year this won't be a problem. That's how I see it. It's just that easy. Yeah, I think it is. Anyway, um, speaking of cons, though, evercon.org—you can pre-reg now. You can get your badge. It's cheaper now if you do this as opposed to waiting to get it. You can submit events. And um, we still have some room in our vendor hall. So if we've got uh, people who are looking to show up, that would be great. I'm talking to a couple different potential special guests. Um, we don't have a huge budget, but I'm trying to see what I can finagle and uh, pull together. A buddy of mine, my buddy Nick, is running a big Warhammer 40K tournament. I'm going to get some details and post it up on the, our various social media components so that people can learn about that. Because I know we've got some Warhammer uh, 40K minis folks out there. Um, let's see. So that's coming. Nevercon.org. Check that out. And my Avalon Kickstarter update. I started off, I showed Sean my stack of 15 Streets of Avalon hardcover books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just hang on. Oh, the new book smell, man. <laughs> that's good stuff. It was really uh, it was really amazing to hold a, a gaming book I wrote. Other people out there who listen to us, they were like, ah, yes, I've written many books. I've written a lot of things. I have not. The last two things I wrote besides this were software manuals. And those do not, let me tell you, have the same oomph as uh, a product I really loved and I loved working on so much. So this is really, really cool. So neat. <laughs> the uh, print-on-demand coupons, all that stuff are going out shortly per the uh, update from our Encoded Designs friends. So, yeah, all things, it's looking great. I'm super happy. Love it, love it, love it. Got enough for my kids and a couple uh, special friends of mine. I think I'll have a couple extras drag around. Probably keep one or two for myself just so I can have them. You know, you could bring them to Game Hole Con and sell them. 
I don't yeah, know. actually, I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to the Encoded Designs team about that, saying, "Hey, can I get some copies that I can bring?" Yeah, and sell. And sell. So yeah, working on that. Be, I mean, just I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, no, it's totally it's it's <laughs> on the it's. Um, Phil, Chris, and I have talked about it. We just need to make it happen and figure out the plan. Yeah. Um, so speaking of uh, cons and different ways to communicate and so forth, Sean, we've been bantering back and forth about potentially doing forums. Have you made any <laughs> progress on the forums? I've seen so, some people say, fuck that. And other people are like, go to MeWe. What's wrong with you people? Uh, in the last episode, we I said, hey, we're going to reference that. We never did. So at the end, when I was editing the show, I said, hey, we said we were going to talk about it. We didn't. We realized that. And then I said, uh, as far as the last episode, episode 254 in August the 2019, um, we, I said, hey, we're, we're holding up. Uh, we, you've been heard. Thanks for chiming in. There was, you know, there's probably 60% of the people kind of weighing in on Twitter that was kind of in favor for it. 30% not so much, which is mm -hmm. fine. That's a pretty good ratio. I don't think yeah. everybody's going to be on board. I don't know if it was as well received. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's if it's as big a deal. I mean, to some there it is. Like, hey, I know a couple of people are like, yay, yes, please, and then, um, but but there was kind of a wishy wash. I think know. it's it's interesting when you look at, um, so G plus in its day, which wasn't all that long ago. We talk about it like it's a long dead thing, um. It was this ready-made place where a lot of gamers were, and the community was there. It was very easy to build one. And when we're talking about in you know creating forums now, it can be difficult. I can see where people are like, well, I guess I don't know. Let's see how it grows or whatever. And it's like being on MeWe or Facebook. You have to interact with it. And part of that, I think, Sean. I think maybe I'm speaking too boldly for both of us here, but part of the challenge is you and I finding a platform that we both like engaging in. Because neither one of us are big Facebook fans. We both do okay on Twitter. You know, what yeah. is, is that? Both is that of which, of well, both of which are different. Yep. Yeah, they're just not the same. And then you got forums, throw that in there, and they're not the same. So mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. I, I looked at the Gauntlet. The Gauntlet has a really big, decent community. They've got some forums that they have. I actually like the layout. I like it. I think it's mobile friendly. They're probably paying a pretty good amount because I think if I'm not mistaken, it may be the same thing that Randy Farmer sent over, which is a particular platform. Oh, okay. But you can't tell because I think all the branding's off of it, which is, again, they are probably paying for that. It does interest me. I would much rather have a community and I would go to that like I would go there as frequently as I did Google Plus. I would probably go there more. I know I would go there more than Facebook. Yeah. T Twitter is kind of an, an, a little bit different. Like I would go there for a different reason than I would. Well, Twitter's a, hey, right now. Right. Versus a, uh, which is kind of an Instagram thing. It's a, hey, right now, this is happening. Right. Versus a, hey, I posted up a thought. I'd like to hear what y'all have to yeah, think I'm gonna about. Yeah, I'm going to go back and check say it out. Say about this and yeah. review and whatnot. Another option could be like a Reddit. You know, do you get a subreddit or something? Well, we I don't do know. have a subreddit, but we don't. Do we have to use it? We have to use it. And we have to partake in it. And it's oh, sub, subreddit. And it's, it's Reddit. So the, the problem with Reddit and Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and everything else that's owned by a third party is it's owned by a third party. Yeah. So if they say screw off or change their terms and conditions or fold it up, thanks, Google. Not that, that we've seen that happen. Then that's done. It's gone. So 
anyways, the the gist of it is we haven't made a decision yet. There we go. And I know the different personalities that we're that are going to show up on the forums. We're going to get the ones that what I would consider type A's that are always going to they're always going to participate, they're always going to comment, they're always mm-hmm. going to put stuff on there. Always. You got I, lurk, I ran you have, You've got lurkers, type A's, you, you have lurkers. lurkers. Right. And they're going to be the ones that read they, they will read all of it and you'll never know it. Yeah, well, it's like it's like having a listener for our podcast, which we know we do. True. Yep. Who don't interact with us, which is absolutely fine. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Totally legit. Yeah, not perfect, but per- yeah, it's good. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And then some that just don't deal with any of that, which mm-hmm. is fine as well. So one, th- yeah. So that's kind of the deal, and then you have to kind of accept that this person's always gonna chime in all the time and they're gonna have an opinion and how do we handle that and why is it gonna turn people away and all this stuff like I know I've seen it yep so it's something we have to to look into I don't it's not a no we got some hangout time this weekend dude so hangout time yeah no not like in person face to face game this weekend you and I so right Right. we'll, we'll do some of that and we'll chat about it yeah Let's move on. Yeah, Let's we move. should really get into some yeah. shit here. Holy crap, we've been talking far too much about shit no one cares about. Yeah. All right. We're, random encounter. All right. Okay. Random encounter. Who wants to start? Oh, let me see. I can start. Let's see. Jared Rasher on Temple of Elemental Evil. Oh, God. Jared knows his stuff. We could be in trouble here. I agree with Sean. <clears throat> Ooh. What? Oh, hold on, right. hold on. Get a little something there. A little love for that. He continues. Why he continues after that turd. I don't know should, what the point is. Probably just wrap, wrap <laughs> should it just in. wrap it right there. Jared, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. And we're done. Thank Way you. to good go, night. buddy. Good night and good gaming. Um. Okay, so when I first read Keeping a Borderlands, I had no idea what to do with it. It scared me away from the published adventures for a while. It wasn't until Marvel Superheroes and Isle of Dread that I, quote unquote, got adventures. I picked up the Goodman Games 5e Into the Borderlands, thinking it might have different feelings about the adventure now. Even after reading the history, the thing leaves me cold. I realize part of the social contract of D&D is that you are adventurers and that you will take the hook. But a lot of older adventurers feel like the hook is, you barely know anything about this place, but it's the only site I'm presenting to you. Go look under some rocks until you find a plot. <laughs> Dude. Spot on, man. Yeah, yeah, Hashtag yeah. freaking nailed it. I would uh, I would argue with you if I could. Um, <laughs> I think some modern West Marches style games overcome this because the rotating cast implies there's an adventure culture in the area that you're participating in that gives you a drive to find fortune and glory because there's a group of people in the area building an economy around that concept. Maybe if they keep in a borderland set a few adventuring companies instead of just a shady priest waiting to screw you over, I might have gotten it. You know, Jared, one of the things I really liked when my buddy Eric, Eric Schaefer buys the uh, Forgotten Realms, the first box set. The infamous, the notorious the, Eric Schaefer. Yeah, the Schaefer. We used to, uh, side, side note, if um, if you will, may you may hear me mention this at one point, but one Schaefer minute is equivalent to seven normal human minutes. Eric, <laughs> Eric was perpetually late. I did the math and uh, I was right 90% of the time. Anyway, um, love you, Eric. <laughs> point is he does listen to me anyhow one of the things that the front realms had was adventuring companies and i'm sure this was in maybe I, I don't know if it was offhand i don't i don't remember my greyhawk well enough right now but the idea of adventuring companies being registered or a name 
a group of the crazed venturers, this group, this group, the harpers, these things. It was like, oh, that's a legit thing. I distinctly remember playing in the realms in the first edition, even second edition, when we would get together, one of the things Eric would ask us was, what's the name of this adventuring group? We needed a name. So we were a band, a band of brothers to do something, and we're going to go do this thing, you know, and we had to have an adventuring company name. Force Gray. Force Gray. That worked Force too. Gray. That could work. Anything. But it was, I love that idea, and you mentioned it here, and that just uh, brought that back to me. But I do agree with you. That sometimes the hook is here. There's a there's a house on the hill and it's ghosts in it. Is there anything else? No. Go I look for it? no. I want to talk to this guy, go to the house on the hill. But I don't want to deal with ghosts. There's ghosts. Go there. <laughs> Phil. Yeah, a little speaking of railroading. So anyway. I think Pharaoh just starts you out in the middle of the desert. Well, that was uh the lost city. Pharaoh? No, the Lost City did that. I mean, oh, you're like Lost Caravan, and you're like, oh, my God, I, there's this thing. You walk into it, like, well, hope I can get out of here. <laughs> Lost City is the next one that they're putting That's out. That's the next group of yeah. games. I bought the Keeping of Borderlands. It's not the next one. It's after <laughs> the Barrier Peaks comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I bought the Keeping of Borderlands, right? It went, interesting, and I sold it. Yeah, I got rid of mine, too. I have the original. I have yeah. two, three copies of the original, plus an, e, an electronic copy. If I want to run the original, I'll just run the original. Anyway, it was interesting to read. Point being, though, that the Lost City does this kind of a forced hook in a way that I always thought was interesting because you read it, you're lost in the middle of a fucking desert. Hey, here's a hole in the sand. I hope we can get somewhere from here. And it makes it makes sense that you would do this because you literally have nothing else to do other than potentially die in the desert. So anyway, Jared, good stuff. Totally took us off on tangent there, but I agree. And uh, even though you agree with Sean, I will have to agree with your agreeing. So over to you, Sean. Comment from Joe T about previous comment on prep. All right. So the comment from James regarding prep time reminds me of what my usual DM, my usual DM says about three hours or so per hour of game time. Holy shit. Wow. From hearing the reactions to this comment, I'm guessing that's not a standard theme with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may have. What gave it away, Joe? <laughs> I'm sure it is with other DMs, though, depending on if they enjoy it or not. That being said, what do you guys suggest as a rule of thumb for prep time? I know everyone learns differently, but for someone that knows the game system and has all the pieces needed for mapping terrain and monsters... Also, I'm guessing if you're going straight from a module book that it would take much less time to prep than if you were creating your own scenarios. And then he says there was an edit. I think he came back because he realized something. Um, He says, I typed this up as the question was still being read because it was something I'm interested in as well and didn't realize he was going to ask you guys to touch on prep time as well. So make that two of us that want to know. Yes, that is a topic. So, Mr. Joe, we have that in the topic hopper that's coming. We're covered there because I think there's a there's some good meat to chew on on that bone, so we'll uh, we'll so crunch you, through that. So you set your set like the old cooker cooking timer, <laughs> yeah, set crank, the egg timer crank, 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 and then you go prep, and then when it rings, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Oh, <laughs> the trick is how far do you set it? <laughs> Fifteen anyway. minutes till it's what it's like. It's like baking a little bit, yeah. And if you fuck it up, the cookies taste terrible. Right <laughs> there, you go. So hey. Don't undercook it, because you may get salmonella. 
You <laughs> from cookies? <laughs> what kind of cookies are you making? Well, baked baked chicken. <laughs> Wait, what? What the baked, fuck is going on? Baked chicken. All right, we're moving on. Uh, Peter, I think you baked the chicken. Where does this cooking with BS? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. We need more whiskey. Um, all right. Peter of House Isaacs. Hey, hello, bullshitters. I had an idea for an episode. Home slash house rules. Which ones for which games? Why Why they make the system better? Any bad home rules that past GMs used? Maybe a home rule that works across multiple systems? Thanks, Peter. And uh, he also says he really enjoyed the gaming terrain episode. So, you know, Peter, we've talked about home rules in the past, but it's been kind of hit and miss, right? We haven't focused in on home rules. We've talked a little bit about chase mechanics, how, you know, hey, Brett always makes them up because he doesn't remember the rule or doesn't want to look it up or whatever the case is. So this is a neat idea, I think, to, like I said, we've t- we've sketchily touched on home homebrews and house rules and so on. So I think we could pull something together. So I will add that to the topic hopper now. Over to you, sir. <laughs> House rules. Mm-hmm. I think that's a game for DMs. I think that's their part of the game. House sometimes. rules. I, I sometimes. I mean, because there are certain systems that are like it's so meta. It is so dependent upon that kind of thing. Like, hey, you just house rule stuff, and so I think it's sometimes. Anyways, we'll get into it later. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. Email from Lewis of House Heifer. Hofer. Gosh, blasted Lewis. Salutations BSers. Wanted to share a cool experience I recently had and then immediately follow up with a plea for advice from y'all and your listeners. All right, BSer, listen to this stuff because they're going to want you to provide some insight. First off, a dear friend of mine and survivor of breast cancer runs a local person-to-person nonprofit cancer support charity called Trisha's Hope. Anyone in the central Indiana area should look into it as it has almost no administrative or overhead expenses with nearly 100% of donations actively supporting the medical and living expenses of those with cancer. That is awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Keep going. Sorry. That was just, that was cool. Yeah. Keep rolling. Trisha's Hope has these, this amazing fundraising concert and silent auction each year in August. This year, after running convention games, I decided to throw my hat into the ring and offer my services as a game master for a role-playing party as a silent auction item. Good. Like it. Love it. Good work, Lewis. I felt a little nervous about this, as this is not an event that attracts your typical sci-fi, comic book, or RPG crowds. Oh, I, I can relate. Yeah. No, I can see that, man. Yeah. Still... Trisha thought it was a very fun idea and assured me she wanted it in the auction. At the auction, there was a decent bidding war going for the RPG game night, and in the end, it went for $210 with one of the losers offering to pony up the winning price if I would run for her and her friends as well. Holy crap, $420, dude. That's awesome. There you go, twofer. Well Uh, done. Moral of the story. Gaming is so mainstream now more than ever and possibly more than it will ever be again. So if you're out there and could do something similar to raise a little scratch for the charity of your choice, I hope you're encouraged to do so. 
That's a damn good idea, man. That I'm glad you brought that to our attention because I was like, uh-oh, we're getting off on something, right? And then all of a sudden, whoop, there it is. There's the gaming piece. That is really, really cool, Lewis. Well done. For, yeah, well done. that's awesome. Now the dilemma, fellas. So the winning bid is for a group of all women. Cool. Yeah. All right. I've GM'd for tons of groups, and this doesn't scare me, but the largest split I've ever had was three women in a group of seven. I know some folks will say that women and men game the same and want the same things in a game, but I have suspicions about that. Put ma- uh, put plainly, my question to everyone is, do you think there are facets about the role-playing experience that are more exciting slash enjoyable to women, take on average, that is things I should try to lean into more while writing up a custom adventure for this group? I would love to hear from everyone, especially female listeners. In the same breath, please do not read any latent chauvinistic perspective into this. Uh, I plan to have a game that offers what a typical game would. I just want to make sure to hit high notes where they would be most appreciated. It's great to listen to you guys. Thanks. Who? I'll tell you, man. So if you want to dig back through, find our Paige Letman episode and listen to it. Paige... Knows a lot of stuff about gaming, has a really good perspective. I can tell you from having run for my daughter, a bunch of her friends. I've run for lots of women over the years. I have yet to find a group of female gamers that will not get into the exact same things that guys do from my perspective. I played with female gamers who are power gaming, murderous bastards, just like everybody else. I played with women gamers that are great thespians. I played with women gamers that everything in between, I, you name it, they're out there. Um, one of the things that I would do is that you can ask the people you're going to be playing with saying, Hey, have you ever played before? What types of things, um, do you know fantasy? Do you know Dungeons and Dragons? If, you know, based on their answers, that will help guide you. Have you watched Game of Thrones? Yes, I can't. Yes, and I can't stand it. Oh, yes, we all love it. We watch it together. If it's a group of friends that all love it and they watch it together. I've got buddies I work with that have had like Game of Thrones hangout parties where they get together, drink beer and watch Game of Thrones with them and their wives. So, I mean, people do this stuff, right? So you can honestly, I would ask them ahead of time saying, hey, what type of stuff do you like? Have you seen the Lord of the Rings? Do you Have you played Skyrim? Any question you would ask a group of guys, you are free to ask the same group of women for what they're into, things they like, and it, use your skill as game master to read the table and see what they dig into. Yeah, I think that if you were to run this for all guys, you, you have a perspective being, I would imagine, Lewis, a guy. And that's mm-hmm. why you're asking this. But I also think that guys have different. There's guys that prefer a certain thing in their RPGs, and some guys don't. I got one guy who does not like want to game with my group right now, my home group, until we go back to Amber Diceless or the mm. old school vampire stuff, because he does not enjoy any hack and slash D and D style stuff. He does not give a fuck about any of that. Yeah, if it's not a psychological thriller. He is not interested in, in gaming. In fact, he would go so far as to say anything less is lesser gaming. He's wow. he's quite outspoken. But you know exactly where he stands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I asked him and he told me. Right. 
So don't be afraid to just like put it out there like you would any new player. Yeah, especially if they're new. If they're not yeah. new, have you ever played D&D before? Yes, we did in college. Oh, yes, we did last week. Or my son plays it or my daughter plays it with a group of her friends. Or yes, we play all the time. I don't know what this group of all women is, and they may well be gaming fanatics. Right. That knew a damn good deal when they saw one free GM. You might have. Or a table full of female game masters you never get to play. Right. And they're like, oh, my God. All I have to do is pay this pay this dude 200 bucks. He'll run a game for us worth every penny. And, right? the, and the money's going to charity. And the money's going yeah. to charity. Yeah. I mean, that's a deal. Yeah. So I would do that regardless who you're playing with. Absolutely. That, that's yeah. kind of the lesson. So we're reading. You're trying to be sensitive, which is great. But at the same time. To take out the the gender and you could just bring up a questionnaire and put it in front of anybody you would normally run for that isn't like your home group and you'll be fine yeah if you would be my initial my my initial take same here if i when i run at a con i will say when i first started running with uh i knew kevin for a long time but i first started running with um uh with andy christinezak and uh, Tom Flanagan, I said, okay, do you guys, is there anything none That's of you po- can stand? Hey, those are the podcast all-stars, oh, ladies the and gentlemen. Just, just yeah. so everybody yes, knows, that is, those are the names behind. Yes. The Wednesday evening. Podcast all-stars. Podcast all-stars. That's right. But I asked them, like, hey, is there anything you don't like? I got a few things. Hey, don't hurt, don't hurt children. Don't do this. I can't stand this. I don't like that. Right. Like, veil out X card things. I also had things like, I don't like this type of adventure. This is boring. If you ask the same types of questions, and you may get this group of people, if they've never played before, these ladies or the guys or whomever you're grabbing onto may say, hey, you know, I don't know. What kind of thing do you usually run? I don't know. I've never played. What would you recommend? Whatever you recommend, they're going to go into. They're going to try it. You can do a dungeon crawl, um, start in a town, go to the dungeon, you know, stop the goblins, and it doesn't matter the gender of the people playing at the table. It really won't matter. No. And honestly, I mean, it's a one shot. And if you, you're a game master, you've done this a bunch, you look at the table, read your table. And if you see people are like, look, you know, (laughs) when I first ran for my daughter and uh, some of her friends at school, the one girl was like, we want to talk to everything and so on and so forth. Her <laughs> twin sister, her legitimate, like biological, identical twin sister was like, murder the fuck out of everything. She's like, nope, it's a monster. It needs to die. Her sister's like, come on, we should talk to it. Nope, kill it. It's a monster. It has to die. <laughs> and on the flip side, you got my daughter who was trying to have her character skin the goblin so she could wear its hide as a distraction. So anyway, as, um, as Ray Otis was fond of saying, apple tree, Brett, what did you expect? Um, anyhow. I would treat these this group of ladies as a group of gamers, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Ask them what they're into, um, what types of things they want, if they've played before, all those intro questions, and glean what you're going to do from there. Yeah. And I think you're going to have a good time. Yeah, and they'll 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 play their character any way they feel that is up their alley, like they they prefer. So that it'll come out during play, which is great. But now, having said that. You pose that to every listener that we have. So, listener, if you are picking up what he's putting down mm-hmm. and want to chime in with any advice, let us know, and we'll read it off on the next episode. So, Yeah, feel free. Good hey, luck. Hey, and I'll tell you what, Lewis, when it's done, let us know how it went, man. Yeah, absolutely. 
Because if this um, this is cool, you raised potentially four hundred twenty dollars for for an event. That's awesome. You may be running for two different groups. That's really cool. Let's know. Let's know how it goes, man. Because if it's cool and fun, we should encourage more people to put such things in silent auctions. What the hell? Right. All right. So the last one, we've got a voicemail from from somebody we don't hear from very often, but we know them and love them from down under. Pure mongrel. G'day, Shay. This is uh, Paris Conti, the pure mongrel here in Geelong, Australia. Mate, just first of all, a big shout out and thank you for your podcast. I'm a huge, unashamed, huge fan. Um, as someone who loves to look at the reason why people play role-playing games, what it means to the human experience and the whole philosophy behind the role-playing experience, um, I'm a huge fan. It's, it's very rare to find someone that's actually looking at the hobby from that angle, and I find your approach very, refresh, very refreshing. So thank you. Um, mate, I've got a question for you. So the question is, how do you set the expectation for your players in your game? And by that, I mean their responsibility or their role within the game. So this bit bit of context, um, I work with a lot of young people. Uh, I developed a program that uses gaming to help young people develop communication and interpersonal skills via gaming that will then go on and help them in their future. So to to help them communicate with others effectively, to become empathic, understanding things like consequence of action, etc. And my speciality is using role-playing games to do that. We do also do video gaming, war gaming, and board gaming to do it, but role-playing is my baby. So um, I found myself a couple of days back uh, very tired, very stressed. Um, I run anywhere up currently up to six games a week for just my site here in Geelong, and I'm about to launch a new site and assist two other sites using these programs. So anyway, I'm, I'm running these games and I'm very tired because in my experience with these particular kinds of games, um, a lot of the time the energy is just coming from me or the majority of it's coming from me. So the way that I explain it to others is when I'm playing a role-playing game with my friends, I build a certain amount of energy telling the story or setting the scene as the GM. I throw that energy out and then my players take that energy, convert it to what's applicable to them and they throw it back at me. And we have this constant backwards and forwards of, of energy exchange and that keeps the whole game running. It's it's part immersion, part um, enthusiasm, etc. So a big problem that I have with some of my guys, especially because I'm teaching a lot of that, is I throw the energy out and it either comes back as a trickle or in some instances it never comes back at all. So I'm constantly sort of, I am the constant energy for the group and it just wears me out. By the end of a end of a three-hour session, I'm, I'm ready for a nap. So I started thinking about, wow, I'm going to open another site. I'm going to be doing even more sessions. This this may actually put me <laughs> put me in um, in a position where I'm not ready to be in. So I was discussing this with a good friend of the show and a good friend of mine, um, Frank Turfler Jr., and he mentioned something today that I hadn't even considered. Now, I've been playing since 81, 
And for him to sort of make this statement and something click in my brain was quite amazing. But what he said was, what expectations had I set with my players? And my first thought was, well, of course I set expectations. We had we have this whole thing about, um, you know, that this is an inclusive table and, and um, we will be governing behaviours as a group. It's not just my authority. Everyone will be involved in this and everybody has an equal voice at the table. No one's voice is more important than anyone else's, not even the GM's. But that's really all the expectation that I'd set. And what I realized I hadn't done in that instant was I hadn't set an expectation of what the role of a player within this game is. And that is uh, things like uh, knowing the core rules, understanding how your character works, being ready on your turn, all those kinds of things. I had just sort of assumed that people playing the game do that. But as I thought about it more, I realized that that doesn't always happen not well that doesn't happen a lot in the games i do work but it doesn't always happen in the games that i have in private either there are players that tend to faff about or be disruptive or don't know the rules or don't even know what their character does or aren't ready on their particular turn so my question going back to my question is as gms what kind of expectation should we be setting whether it's at session zero or maybe even continuously as we play, for our players to do their part in the game and have an understanding that this game requires their involvement as much as ours. So now I'm thinking about all the things that disrupt my games, whether it's the rules lawyer, whether it's the person that's not ready on their turn, whether it's the person that asks me how to roll or what dice I have to roll every time it's their turn. And some of these guys I've been playing with for for quite a long time. And I realized that I had set inadvertently an expectation that everything would come from me i am their resource i am i am the person that they go to whenever they have a question about this game and so i've now got to look at a way to turn that around with my existing groups and to make sure i don't set that as a precedent with my new groups so there you go there's my ponder my question i hope you can um role play rescue me and um yeah mate i look forward to your response again cracking show big shout out to to frank this is really his question when you think about it and uh thanks mate have a great one the mongrel so i tell you paris must have like a professional recording setup because that sounds yeah, amazing it's a great <laughs> that was, it's, that's that was good. will that was awesome dude the, the the engineer side of my uh self appreciates uh Paris, thanks for thanks for sending that in. And he's doing phenomenal work in Australia. That's where he lives. Yeah. Um it yeah. And he's I've seen like he's posted pictures when Google Plus was around about like, hey, here's our new space. Like he there's a door and all the setup and the tables and stuff. And he's doing some really great work. Uh obviously explained that early on in the the voicemail. So we add this to the hopper here because this is a pretty, this is interesting. We've talked about this in bits and pieces, right? Yeah. But it is interesting. And I think the mongrel brings up a damn good point. Sometimes you look at it and go, God damn it. This group of people, this asshole, my God, how come she's always bugging me or he's always bugging me or they're always bugging me for this info. And 
I had a similar thing, if I think back on it right now, when I brought out my Warhammer First Edition game that kind of fizzled out on me. I had a couple people that were expecting me to be the one to remind them of all the rules that applied to them. And I'm like, no, we've had this, you know, you're big guys, figure it out. I gave you the rules. We've read them. We've been playing for a while. How come? No, I'm not going to remember this for you. And led to different discussions and so on. But it is amazing how that type of thing either creeps in advertently or inadvertently, where the group's like, well, I always ask Sean what die I roll because I don't have to pay attention. Right. I, I've, I've never had to. I've been playing with Sean for 15 years, and he, um, I, I tell him what I want to do. He just tells me what die to roll. Off we go. I don't have to read the rule book. Why would I? That's the lesson I learned in the military. <laughs> the lieutenant setting up his cot. Did I ever tell you about that, Brett? I think you have. Uh, um, should I go off on a tangent? No, we're get we're getting long, dude. I know we are. So here's the deal. Let us know what your thoughts are with with for Paris. Yeah, we'll make it a topic. I think the biggest shortcoming we have is we just run a game and we. The, I think the problem is one of the obstacles, problems, whatever. When we play with other gamers, we automatically assume that they have played. They know the rule. Like we automatically take assumptions just because they've gamed. And vice versa. Oh, he's run games before. She's run games Correct. before. They, he or she will obviously run the game the way I want it run. Right. Oh, they're, we're playing D&D. Whether it's AL or whatever, I will bring my expectations to this table and I will inform no one. Yes. I will simply complain when I don't like the outcome. Right. <laughs> both sides of the screen do this. Yes. Right. Us, Sean and Brett included, we've yeah. both done this before. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So that is a shortcoming I think a lot of us have. You're, you know, me too. Uh, so how do you how do you get over that? And I think the other problem is you play, then you're like, wait a minute, hold on a second. You keep asking me about the same die rolls. This is the third session. Could you right? please learn that your you dagger does D4 damage, please? Yeah, can you please leave? Write to shit down. And then it's like, oh, it's not too late, because I think there's still, you got to kind of salvage what you've yeah. got. But there's so many things that you almost have a huge long checklist. And then when you do it up front, it's kind of like, well, that's a little pretentious. Yeah, and there's also this piece where, why is it so hard? Why do we take it so seriously? Why can't we just sit down why and play? Why can't we just sit like down and play? Like we used to. Yeah. Because you can't. <laughs> because I'm not 12 anymore. And if I remember back to how we just sat down and played, a five-hour session was at least an hour and a half of bitching. Or it was. Or worse. Or it was, you know, ass, fart, ass grab and slap. Yeah, fart, fart jokes. Fart jokes. Just <laughs> like, stupid crap. Yeah. So, yeah, we could do that and turn it into a weird event and a bunch, you know, if you want to have a good time about this, it's a very social interaction. And there's a lot to be said with like, look, this is how I play. This is what I do. We've talked about that. But I love this idea that Mongrel has around expectation is not only just like, hey, you need to do X, Y, or Z. But I had a a professor in college, writing professor, John Whitney, um, J.D. Whitney. And J.D.'s, he gave everyone a sheet of paper that said, my expectations of you and you for me. This is what I'm expecting to bring. This is what I expect you to bring. One of the things he had was learning is a two-way street. It, I'm going to learn from you. You're going to learn from me. If you're going to sit there and do nothing but absorb, you're going to get less out of my class. If we're not going to talk, you're not going to interact. 
this is writing class or it was a Native American mythology class. You need to interact. If you're going to sit back and be passive and be lectured to, you will not get much out of this course, right? I think it's a similar thing where if we look at somebody and we have that type of discussion up front, um, there's ways to do it, not sound pretentious. <laughs> there's ways to do it, not sound like an ass. Um, but I, there's some, there's some power in this. I think it can be exhausting. I see what Mongrel's saying. Yeah. If you're running a ton of games. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, you look at guys like Brendan LaSalle. Okay. My God, the man's a machine. Yeah. So LaSalle, I mean, oh my God, the, the DCC stuff, but he has so much energy and whatever, and he's into it. And that's not everybody can do that. No. You know? So yeah, this is, there's some. There's some good stuff here. I think we need to tear into it a bit more. So we're very cool. interested to see what other people have to say. Yeah. So, Sean, we are at yeah, we are long. damn near an hour. So I yeah. think I'll tell you what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to call this one Random Encounter. That's fair. And we're going to have to, um, because we were called out on this before, and it was a damn good point. We would give short shrift to our topic, which was going to be art. Yes. And art is very important to the game, and I don't think it would do us well if we skimmed through it. So, yes, art is really important. It needs to be representative. And scene that's yeah, not good yeah. enough man yep nope that's fair but i are we talking about D art or are we talking about art in rpgs i want to talk about art in rpgs now D as we've said is like the big gorilla right yeah it is so it's going to come up as a reference but when you think about you know how did that the art on the cover of star frontiers was one of the coolest things i've ever seen that made me want to play a sci-fi game that's elmore i know it is and you look at what, how that's influenced other things within the genre, right? When I, Tolkien didn't even, Tolkien did not describe hobbits as having pointed ears. Guess what hobbits have in the movies, though? They have pointed ears because what? of the art. Oh. Right? That type of thing. It's crazy. Hildebrandt did it. Ah, Blame Hildebrandt. Goddamn Hildebrandt. But anyway, point is, there's a lot to be said about art in RPGs. We, we are not art critics by any stretch, but we'll give it a damn good shot, and I think we need to do it next time. Fair enough. So given that, Dyro was set up for art, mm-hmm. and so obviously our main topic as well. But yeah, well, we and we commented quite a bit on the random encounter pieces. Like, we actually had stuff to say, so yeah, it's not always the case. All right, so we'll skip Dyro. We'll call this random encounter again, kind of, uh, but... You have been tasked with a couple things um, and about getting back to us if you are so inclined to provide any guidance for Mongrel, which we'll talk about later down the road, mm-hmm. um, or even Lewis and him running for an all-female group. Uh, if we missed it or there's other things that could be added to either one, let us know. Uh, die roll, skip. So, okay, we already said that. Reviews. Medical Ohio, thanks for the review on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Appreciate it. The positive one, not a one star. So thank you very much. And then uh, well, next time we'll talk about art in RPGs, which I'm going to have to do more homework with because I was focusing more on D&D. That's all right, man. We'll be good. All right. Anything else, Brett? No, I think we're good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. Almost forgot my name. This episode of Gaming in BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, 
Hawks, Barrow, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Deal, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Roger Braslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Angus, Howard Bishop, Stephen Dragonspawn, Eric Salzweedle, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Trevor Davis, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Rich Wishon, Old Scoozer Roleplaying, Jared Rasher, Sean's Boyfriend in the Niagara Falls area, Mithran of the Velvet Shade, Chad Glayman, Finolf, Merkel Froelich, Lord Tentacle, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Holson, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Jeff Seifert, and Aaron Raylia. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This This has has been been a Litterbox Litterbox Studio Studio production. production.